0: Welcome to Choir Talks. This is a weekly podcast where you and I share some scripture from my personal time spent in the Word. You may be wondering why it's called Choir Talks when there's no choir here. Well, this is a scripture and a thought that I share in choir rehearsal each each week at Ridgecrest with the Ridgecrest Choir. But you don't have to be in choir uh, or to be a singer at all to enjoy this podcast. It's really meant for anyone who has a desire to, to walk more closely with the Lord and to to read the Scripture. So uh, I'm glad you're here to join me today. So here we go. Let's jump into some Scripture together today. Last Sunday, I was in a life group with other believers at Ridgecrest, and we were reading through the second chapter of Ephesians, and the last two verses in that chapter just really stuck out to me. So it's one of those moments when God was just illuminating some Scripture to me, and I'll read them to you now. This is Ephesians 2 verses 21 and 22 and says this in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the lord and in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which god lives by his spirit now that's a powerful uh image in the minds of the people who are reading this letter i believe this this image of this spiritual temple that that god is is building The letter um, was written to the people who lived in Ephesus, and specifically the new church that had been formed there. This church was created by a bringing together of two groups of people. There were Jews who were living there who had had become Christians, Christ followers, and then there were Greeks who um, had, had grown up there and lived there who also had become Christ followers, and they were mixing together in this church. Ephesus is in modern-day Turkey, but back in the day when Paul was writing, it was actually a Greek city, and a very important Greek city. It was very distinctive um, because it had one of the seven great wonders of the ancient world, which is the Temple of Artemis. Um, That temple had stood for almost 400 years at the time when Paul was writing, and so for everyone who had ever lived there, it was all that, that they could ever remember was that that temple had stood there and it was huge. It was a football and a half, football field and a half in length, and three quarters of a football field wide. It was it was very impressive. I'm sure it dominated the whole cityscape and it dominated their sense of pride about their city. In fact, if you want to get a sense for that, you could read Acts chapter nineteen where Paul recounts when he first went to Ephesus, and and his preaching there sparked a riot in that city. And the people uh, gathered together. They rushed into the the amphitheater in the city, and they just began to to chant, to yell together. In fact, Paul says for two hours they chanted, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. And um, so the temple and the worship of, of that particular goddess was super important to them. But the Jews who were in the church also had a, a temple that was important to them, as you know. That In Jerusalem, uh, there was the temple to, to Yahweh, the, the God that, that we serve. Um, that temple dominated the skyline there it stood at, at the highest place in the city, and, and uh, it was... Um, It was a special place to them because inside of that temple there was uh, an inner courtyard, an inner sanctum called the Holy of Holies, and inside of that there was the great um, Ark of the Covenant from the Old Testament that that God had given the people to make, and on top of the Ark of the Covenant there was uh, what was called the Mercy Seat, and on that Mercy Seat the Spirit of God dwelt, is what the Old Testament tells us. There was some special Physical manifestation of the presence of God there in that place, and and so it was a very special place to the Jews, the Temple of, of Yahweh. So, when when Paul writes this letter about this temple, it was a very important image in both of their minds, um, the the Jews and the Greeks. Also, uh, the Jews were were foreigners in the city of Ephesus; they had migrated there, but the the Greeks who lived there were foreigners to the worship of Yahweh and the worship now of Jesus. So Paul addresses both these groups in chapter 2, and I'm going to back up a little bit to give you some context. Verse 17, he says that Jesus came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. Far away, that's the Greeks. They were they were more distance, distant from the understanding and worship of Yahweh, and yet the The Jews are those who are near. So he says Jesus came and preached peace to both those groups. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and strangers. Neither group, no longer foreigners or strangers, but now fellow citizens with God's people, also members of his household now he starts this imagery of the building of the temple. He says, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. And now our verse, in him, the whole building is joined together. The word in the original language, joined together, means um, it's sort of like if you were baking something and you put different ingredients in that were totally different, but when you mixed them up, they were inseparable. That's that's the word for joined together here. Different things that have come together and now inseparable, just like the two groups but now bonded in Christ in a way that they can't be separated. Um, so in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Here's what happens in the church of, of Christ when he puts together all these disparate groups and disparate people They become bonded together, and they rise together to create this temple, this spiritual temple to the Lord. In verse twenty-two, and in Him you are no uh, longer—excuse me—and in Him you are to be built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. Here's what's awesome about this temple: is that the Spirit of God dwells within the the church, this new temple that is being created out of people, out of the hearts of men, women, boys, and girls who have turned to the Lord all across the world, even today, all across the world, out of every culture and every language group, people are turning to the Lord and are part of this growing temple. We are the new temple. So what is the purpose of a temple? Well, it's the place where worship happens, right? Um, So there was a unity that brought them together, but they came together for the purpose of worship. If you back up a little bit in in Ephesians, in this letter that Paul wrote to those living in Ephesus, um, he says that in him, in Christ, we were also chosen, and that is for the praise of his glory. He he chose us, he saved us, and he he put us in this kingdom for the praise of his glory, so that we can bring glory to God, and so that we can, can worship him. This Scripture reminded me of another parallel passage, different author, this time Peter. In the book of 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, he writes this in verse 5, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Really similar, right? The same imagery. We're all together as believers, being built into this this dwelling place for God here on Earth, and uh, He goes on to say that not only are we living stones, which I love that imagery, that's cool. Um, not only are we living stones, but we're also the priesthood. We are we're what the building is made of, but we're also the ones who are offering the sacrifices um, to God. We are the a holy priesthood. So. What are these spiritual sacrifices that we're supposed to offer? Well, if you go back to the Old Covenant and the Old Testament, um, there are two basic types of categories of sacrifices. You have those that are atoning sacrifices and those that are non-atoning sacrifices. So like the atoning sacrifices are the burnt offering, the sin offering, the guilt offering. All of these were offered to the Lord to atone for the sins in the, that had happened in the lives of the people. But then there was also the, the grain offering and the peace offering, which didn't have to do with sin, but they were a thanksgiving offering, a worship offering to express praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. So uh, what are these spiritual s- uh, sacrifices here in the church age? Well, they're not atoning sacrifices. They're not offerings for our sin because there's no need for that. Hallelujah amen. There's no need for that anymore. Christ himself has offered once for all time uh, his body as a sacrifice for the sin of, of his chosen people. Here's, here's how if he, uh, Hebrews says it. Unlike those other high priests, Jesus does not need to offer sacrifices every day, but Jesus did this once for all when he offered himself as a sacrifice for the people's sin. So Jesus has made the atoning sacrifice for all of us forever. And man, we, we rejoice in that. And we, all, we all are thankful for that. So what are these spiritual sacrifices that we offer now? They're gifts of worship. Um, a couple of images, a couple of scriptures come to mind. Uh, Hebrews chapter 13 says that we're continually to offer a sacrifice of praise, the, the fruit of our lips offered back to God. We are continually to be about expressing worship publicly in the open before all, our our adoration and our uh, worship for God Almighty. But Paul also fleshes it out in Romans 12, chapter uh, 12, verse 1. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So all of us together, saved in Christ, built into this new temple, and we are to offer sacrifices, spiritual sacrifices, praise and worship and thanksgiving from our mouths, but also our, our bodies, our, our daily lives, given back to the Lord as an act of worship. Um, and that's, that's what we do together. If you are a believer in Christ, you are a part of the new temple. You are a part of this worldwide movement that God is using for his glory to make his fame known throughout the world. And you are to offer your praise and, and join your voice in praise and worship uh, with all those around the world who worship him. But you're also to offer daily your, yourself, your life before the Lord as an act of worship, recognizing that he is worthy of that sacrifice. So what's our, what's our takeaway from today? Well, I'm going to ask you what I had to ask myself when I read this. Am I or are you fully offering yourself to God for his service? Are you regularly spending time offering that that fruit of your lips that Hebrews talks about? Are you expressing your thanksgiving and praise and worship back to God and to God in front of others so that they will know of his fame and see his glory? Are you living that commitment out daily? I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for those who are listening to this, God. Lord, I don't know who they are, but you do, Father. And I thank you, Lord, for their openness to your word. And, Father, I pray that for them and for me, God, you would continue to change us as we look deep into your word. Father, for, for these listeners and for myself, Father, Lord, I ask you that, that you'd give us the grace to come before you every day and to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. God, make yourself famous through these lives that you have given us so that people in our neighborhood and our community and our work and all around the world will know that you are the great and holy and awesome God who saves. Thank you, Lord. We pray it in Jesus' name. Before we go, I did want to invite you to be a part of worship here at Ridgecrest Baptist Church. Uh, You can either catch us here in Madison, Mississippi, or if you're not local, catch us online through uh, Facebook or through YouTube. Uh, We would love to have you be a part of our worship services. This Sunday, we're going to be talking about knowing God through relational discipleship really similar to what we've talked about here today we are all a part of this temple being built together and so as we work together as believers we come to know god more so uh, pastor um, michael will share with us from scripture and help us to know more about that Sunday. so join us sunday morning 10